Grace and Ontario get wicked, wicked, a bit of a shake-up. And like I was saying, if this was South and Lee, we're certainly back on the fence end. He's getting strategic, but wicked, wicked, he's got the break. It's just going to be a bit of a minority here. Wicked, wicked, pull away in the shot. Wicked, wicked, this will be, uh, there is a guy in racing anyway. And wicked, wicked, that's all he has done. Yes, the win of Wicked Wiki, career win 18 there at Julia Creek on Saturday. He's been a marvel for connections. Uh, he's not only a one-trick pony, Maxie. He often does a lot of his racing and winning at Mount Isa, but a, a, a terrific horse for connections, and great to see him getting the win there over Cato and Tyndall. Yeah, terrific form race, isn't it? I mean, those horses, Cato and Mr. Tyndall, They've been uh, absolutely flying this year. It's great to see Tanya win the Teddy Parry Open as well. You know, a race yep. obviously there um, that she probably had the eyes on when when um, when the nominations come out and the names went up for the races, and um, I'm sure it meant a lot to the stable. Yes, uh, welcome to the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast for this week. Andrew Watts with you, Max Tanks with us, and of course Brooke Richardson uh, from she's having the Aramac way. Good evening, Brooke. <laughs> Good afternoon. Now, it's going to start today with the racing headline from the weekend. Brooke, I'm going to go to you first. Um, I thought maybe something like Saturdays are for the girls. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good one. Uh, that's off the back of all six races at Longreach going to the girls. Maxie, you? And also all five races trained by females at Julia Creek as well. Oh, yes. Uh, Tanya taking out four and Denise having... Uh, the one, but mine was um, Fab's Cowboy Rides Rodeo Weekend at Longridge. Oh, oh mine's uh, Double Bundy for Daryl. <laughs> okay. He won, uh, D- Daryl Gardner winning both features at uh, Bundy on yep. Saturday, the Cup and the, the New Market as well. So a little bit out of our uh, listening region. We heard Wicked Wiki winning <laughs> <laughs> we heard Wicked Wiki winning there at Julia Creek. That was the third leg of Tanya Parry's four winners out of the five races there Saturday. We'll talk to Tanya a little later on in the podcast after uh, all those winners, plus uh, securing the 2020-2021 Country Racing Premiership. And uh, let's not forget Terry Hill with a treble as well. Starting win... Race number one, Maxi loves best hope winning the maiden. Uh, one and a quarter lengths over crazy suspect. Geez, you'd reckon it'll be a certainty there at uh, Rodeo Thursday uh, coming up in a couple of weeks at Mount Isa and Tora Summy in third. But uh, loves best hope gets the cash. I think you've been saying that every week about crazy <laughs> suspect. <laughs> you know, the next start, four seconds in a row. Um, but yeah, obviously, um, I'm sure. Pazuka would have been up there in the, in the market as well, scratched at the barriers. But Love's Best Hope broke through for Tanya and Terry. Um, and like you said, kicked off the great day for both of them. We'll beat it in race number two. Uh, got there in the last stride to beat Rockethead, who looked all over a winner with 50 to go. And Static Lift plugging away into third. Um, Denise Ballard, Dan Ballard uh, combining with the winner for Jimmy Jackson. Um, Brooke, a great supporter of country racing for many years from Richmond. Yeah, it's good to have the ongoing support and the people that have been there for a long time and continue to provide that support. Yeah, race three, as we've spoken about, was Wicked Wiki for Tanya Parry and Terry Hill over Cato, George Tipping and Jason Hooper and Mr Tyndall in third. 
Now, in race four, back her, back to some winning form uh, for Tanya Parry and Terry Hill, the Lord Derby winner from 2020. One by a length to spare over Miss Sis for Cowboy Herman, back in the uh, Herman stable now, and Jason Hooper in the saddle, and Cash Bundle for Tanya and Dan Ballard in third. But back her, Maxie, good to see him back in the winner's circle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at big odds as well, $21. So it was certainly a great effort. And the last was won by Rich Princess, another Tanya Parry uh, Quinella here, defeating Far Far and Almighty Gold. That was a th- uh, Timmy Brummel on that one, but four out of the five for Tanya Parry. Um, as we know, Brookie, she's got a large number of horses in the stable, but winning four out of the five races, doesn't matter where you go, that's uh, fantastic work. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, and I'm um, no doubt that hard work goes into it. I think she'll be a great special guest for the segment, and uh, it'll be awesome to actually hear from her and get her insight into what goes on in her stables and um, all the behind the scenes. Six of the best in the southwest was at Roma, headlined by the Forex Gold Open handicap. VJ Day was your favourite. Here's the closing stages with Peter Flynn. About two away to usurp and six to Marmaras on the point of the corner. VJ Day heads them up for home. He's about two or three in front of Beware running on down the outside and then reach for heaven. VJ Day in front. There's not a lot of petrol in the tank. Hanging on and VJ Day just wins. Beats Beware. A good gap. VJ Day again showing his love for Roma, uh, getting the cash there in the feature of the day. Only a short half head in it over Beware, who was Gallant Wayne Baker for with Joanna McGraw. We'll talk about Joanna shortly and reach for heaven in third beat in about six lengths. But uh, VJ Day, Maxi, oh, that form was certainly franked at Longreach. We'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, a sprinter, not sure he wants it too much further than the 1,000, though. No, I, I didn't think so either, but I see he's been nommed. I know he actually hasn't. That was his stablemate OY, but no, he's, he's um, certainly proven that he loved that uh, Roma track over that 1,000 metres. I think that's three in a row now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And um, as I said, that form uh, has, is was franked on Saturday at Longreach. Let's start proceedings with the West Tech Systems Queensland Country meets Class B. A uh, day that Joanna McGrath will never forget on At The Helm, trained by Wayne Baker. Her first race ride for a first race win over Hangry by three lengths, a big margin, and Cam Rosser in third for Craig Smith and Zach Spry. But uh, Brooke, At The Helm, Wayne Baker and Joanna McGrath, how important is it to get the monkey off the back as far as a jockey's concerned? I mean, it's the ideal start, isn't it? First race ride for first race win, but it doesn't always happen that way. No, it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes it uh, takes a few to get in the groove. And um, but I think it helps when you've got a horse that uh, is travelling well underneath you and hitting the line. And it makes it a lot easier and less nerve-wracking um, when you can feel that horse um, working through the line. But, yeah, it's definitely a confidence booster to get that um, pressure off your shoulders of having that first winner. Race two was a maiden over the 1,200 metres. And that was the first leg of a winning double for... Local legend Craig Smith and Zach Spry in the saddle. Another four kilo claimer. And this was a big win over two go boom for Cheryl Rogers and Morgan Butler. And Minty Boy in third for Benny Waldron and Leanne McCoy. But uh, death taxes and Craig Smith uh, training a winner there at Roma. Well, it's always a certain, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. First up from a um, a little bit of a spell. Uh, they've been taking this horse to Rocky uh, last preparation, and I'm guessing it's um, related to his home, who they've obviously had a lot of success with in the stable. Um, 
Yeah, I imagine now that this one's come back from, um, like I said, a bit of a spell, got that confidence, he might be able to go on for a little bit. Not often you see Mark Curry venture too far past Toowoomba, but he did, and he did successfully in the Cutest 55 with a shotgun sunny. Uh, Gary Geard in the saddle started $3.50 and won easily by two lengths over Buddy Ollie for Wayne Baker and Jonah McGrath. And Gecko in third for Beck Kerwin and Nathan Evans. But shotgun sonny, the winner. But uh, Gary Geard and Brooke, I know we've spoken to many, many times. It was the first leg of his winning double and still riding great guns, Gary. Yeah, I think he'll ride um, fantastic until the day he decides to stop, which I don't think is anywhere in the near future. Um, and yeah, what a combination! I think when you see Mark Curry and Gary Gearan combining, that um, yeah, it's worth putting your money on. A horse that's going really well at the moment is Hocked. Uh, it started three dollars and sixty cents and won the benchmark sixty-five over the sixteen hundred and forty metres by length and a quarter for Craig Smith and Zach Spry. That was the second leg of both of those winning doubles over Trump Me, who's going really well at the moment for Benny Waldron and Tess Townsend, and in third Rit Viata for Wayne Baker and Jimmy Baker. But Hocked. Uh, a horse going places. I think we might see this maybe pop up at Birdsville. Look, this horse is, um, it, it just keeps going strength to strength. Um, you know, how to do it the tough way as well. Raced wide um, without cover, still able to keep going. I think the key for this horse is just to keep him rolling and, um, yeah, a great uh, great performance there by the young jockey, Zach Spry. And ramping up Roma was the benchmark 60 over the Flying Thousand. And done it again uh, for Ross Meek. Got the chocolates with Benny Moffat in the saddle. Three and a quarter length victory over difficult Wayne Baker and Jonah McGrath. Had a good day out, really, to start proceedings. And the last dragon for Norma King and Damien Botet in third position. But uh, Ross Meek, uh, always got one that can gallop any stable, Brooke. Yeah, he's always got one pop-up, um, I think, and it's good to see him actually get a winner, and Benny Moffat's going really well at the moment too. Let's go to Longreach, and race four on the card was the Clear Mountain Stud Open Plate at set weights. The favourite in the event was Metzen at around $2.50, but the Cowboy was in the race at start 110, and here's the last 400 with Rob Luck. Field, Fab's Cowboy with this lightweight Opens up at the top of the straight and the Cowboy goes to a clear lead. Down the outside comes Hazan. Metzen joining in down the centre of the track. Fab's Cowboy, she's going hands and heels past the 200 metres mark and has got a two-length lead. Hazar battling away. I want to be a Jeep. Metzen only plugging at this stage. He's going to break it, is he, at long reach? Fab's Cowboy, she gives him one. The champ goes on for another win in his career. Fab's Cowboy, two lengths on. Metzen getting home. Hazar, a good run. Then we go back. Yeah, win 44 at start, 110. Fab's Cowboy. Uh, winning at Longreach for the first time at start number three at the track. Max, um, I think the conditions suited him, didn't it? Uh, 57 and a half kilos. Um, any horse that's won 43 races and can get him with that weight, um, they're going to be hard to beat. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think we've spoken about it before. He, he absolutely loves going for these apprentices once they get that four kilos off his back. Um, you know, that weight reprieve on the field, able to get the lead that he did pretty easily. Um, and w- wasn't anyone really keen to take him on? Um, it was a great ride there by Olivia Kendall, rated out in front with uh, plenty of fresh legs for the straight. And uh, talking to owner Paul Curran, um, the only region in Queensland Fab's Cowboy hasn't raced in is the Northwest. And he'll be taking his spot at Mount Isa on Rodeo Thursday in a race. Yeah. Uh, he'll also stay up there for a race the following week, I believe. Oh, there you go. 
the only two regions he hasn't won in is the far north and obviously the northwest yep. as well. So, uh, Paul uh, Keen, I'm just ticking a few little things. <laughs> Those ones off the bucket list. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> Let's have a look at the uh, other races on the card. And race one was a Harry's Restaurant Maiden over the 1,000 metres. And the favourite, or the equal favourite, colour chart got the uh, chocolates for Todd Austin and Emma Bell. Uh, half length over Mashani Ghost, the big boy for Shane Iverson and Anna Bakos, and uh, six and a quarter away to improving in third. But uh, the top two there, definitely ones to follow from the race, Maxi. Oh, absolutely. Um, <coughs> colour chart was bringing that... Um Strong form from, uh, you know, that northern New South Wales area there. And I think we actually spoke about during the week that that form sort of translates well to the bush usually. Um, so had the form on the board, but, geez, that's the first time I've seen Mashani Ghost. He's a ginormous horse. Yes. And just coming down the straight, trying to make up ground on the outside. But uh, full credit to Colour Chart. I'll stay with you, Maxie. And uh, we heard Fab's Cowboy obviously was the second leg of Billy Johnson and Olivia Kendall's winning double. The first of those came up in race two, the benchmark 65, and I thought it was an impressive win by American Genius. A one by a length and a half over the launcher and Kalmar. Obviously, American Genius was a, a qualifier for this year's Battle of the Bush. He certainly got... Uh, a little bit of ability and the four kilos off, 61 kilos, American Genius. Another one in hindsight was in really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, <coughs> 61 kilos in a benchmark 65, considering it's been racing in open company and um, racing well also. Um, I think they figured out the key to this horse. It looks like, um, you know, racing up there on the pace a little bit more is doing the trick and um, I, I imagine there's plenty of wins in store. There was a bolter in race three, the Longreach Tavern Benchmark 45, who got the cash over 1,200. That was surprise selection. Uh, trained by David Rewalt, Brooke Richardson rides. Uh, a length and a half over the stablemate Nixie Boy, and third was Portabelle. But, Brooke, the first leg of your winning double. And surprise selection. I know we spoke about this on local radio Saturday. Uh, go back through its form. It's always competitive, and, and it's a real trier. Yeah, I think... Um the horse does put in 110% every time. I think one of them horses, <laughs> she doesn't really have any shockies, I guess you could call it. She's a bit rough going, but um, so she appreciates the firmer track and less, you know, less shiftiness under her feet. And we had a really good barrier draw, which helped. I mean, a good barrier sometimes can just make the world of difference. Um, so I think that really played into her advantage. We'll stay with you, Brooke. And race five was the second leg of your winning double for David Rewalt. And Briz Ray Vegas, a fantastic front-running ride, I thought, um, got to the front and just kept kicking. Beat Cheeky Chops half a length for Rodney Little and Maddie Gray and froze a much-improved run for Billy Johnson and Olivia Kendall. But Briz Vegas, uh, I think that's the first local win for this galloper. Yeah, it is, and I think he's um, found a little key to him. He, he did have the blinkers on, and Dave said last start when he rode him he wanted to over-race a little and was a bit headstrong. So, once again, though, a good barrier draw. He drew better this time, which gave him the advantage to um, get the lead easily and blinkers off. He just relaxed a lot better, and um, uh, when they do that, they seem to hit the line a lot harder. So I think that was the trick to him, and, uh, yeah, he went well. So all credit to Dave for thinking to take the blinkers off it paid off and uh, wrapping things up there was the west fm and 4lg class 6 over 1600 and burden the burden train it just keeps on keeping on uh was a winner over the mile for clint austin and anna bakos a length and a quarter over tower road who really relished the mile ferry me home back in third uh, beating two and a half lengths as your even money favorite but uh burden maxi I, I i made this comment to you off air that if you'd said to me 12 months ago we'll be talking about burden winning a mile i would have 
said you're mad, but it's just uh, <laughs> continually gotten better with racing. And I thought Anna Bacos rode it great as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, when you're probably halfway through the race, you're, you're probably thinking Tower Road had, had the gun gun run. Um, and then obviously Saddle slipped on Necessitas and um, Olivia lost her irons there to try and keep control. And um, as that bolted, Tower Road had to do the donkey work and Burden just had the gun rail up the rail. I gun run up the rail and um, said bang and it was all over. Maxi, uh, black books from the weekend. Yeah, I, I do think Tower Road's probably got to win just around the corner. Um, it's going to be pretty hard to find another Class 6 plate or something like that over that 1600. But uh, the way it's improved its last couple of starts, I think there's a win in store. Now, off the back of Brooks' headline, it was, yeah, the girls uh, right across our country, um, Queensland meetings here on the greater Western region. Which leads us, Maxi, to our top five tonight. Yeah, like you said, sticking with uh, girl power. Uh, looking at our, our top five female athletes, and they don't have to be current athletes, they can be from the past. Uh, how about we start off with you, Brooke? Top five female athletes. All righty. I hate going first, by the way. <laughs> I like to hear everyone else's ideas. <laughs> Um, look, I think I might start off with, I think everyone can appreciate uh, the Williams sisters, Serena and Venus Williams. Um, great athletes, um, hold their own, very powerful women too, I think. Uh, another one I chose was Bethany Hamilton. I don't know if anyone's familiar with her, but no. I first stumbled across her um, via a book I was given for Christmas. It's called Soul Surfer. Um and it's actually based on a true story. And then I started following her in surfing. She's a pro surfer, had a sh- um, was in a shark attack and lost her arm. And she actually was back surfing not long after that. And she competes at pro level and she has two kids also. I, and she's a motivational speaker. So I think that just takes great courage. I wouldn't be getting back in the water, <laughs> that's Jeez. for sure. Um, yeah, so that was my second one. Uh I went with Ronda Rousey also. Um, I really actually like my mixed martial arts, uh, something that I enjoy watching, and I dabbled in a little in the past for fitness. Um, yeah. Dad that's not coming out. Fight, that's though. not coming out at the uh, Christmas party. <laughs> Dad didn't let me fight, though. They said, oh, we're keen to get you in the ring because... Um, obviously I was very light, but I thought it wouldn't be fair because I'd be fighting like 12-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I chose her. I just think she's um, awesome. The first female to sign with the UFC, which is a huge step. It is such a male-dominated sport. Um, and she's really well known for the armbar. Everyone loves an armbar. Um, and I went with the um, last one being... Uh, Simone Biles, gymnast, 24 years of age and holds five Olympic medals and 25 world championships. So um, that's such a young age. That's pure dedication. I just think it's great. And that'll probably wrap up mine. I'll go next. Um, We'll go number one. I've mentioned her before, Lauren Jackson. Um, Great. Mm. I've I've stuck with an Australian trend here, just with the Olympics on as well. We'll we'll stick with Australian athletes. But Lauren Jackson. um, bloke. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number two, Elise Perry. Um, It was a dual sportswoman with soccer and cricket and ended up having to make a decision which way she wanted to go and chose cricket. And she's uh, been one of the best uh, for quite some time. Number three, Ash Barty. Another one who uh, was a dual sports with um, 
cricket and tennis. Um, won a T20 championship with Brisbane Heat and then won a French Open and Wimbledon. Um, unfortunately, knocked out first round of the Olympics. Number four, Sam Mant for Kerr, um, taking the soccer world by storm. And number five, Jamie Carr. Um, obviously, she's still probably only relatively young in her jockey career, but she's, um, she's going to keep going strength to strength. Righto, Lynn Larson for me. Now, she was the Australian cricket captain from 85 to 93. Bit, uh, bit old for you, I was going to say, before my time. Before, uh, before <laughs> you two. But uh, I actually got to bowl to her at the Nets in Lismore. She was from Lismore. So. Bouncer? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I always followed her career. And it was probably before, well, let's be honest, it was well and truly before women's cricket became... Yeah. You know, um, a, you know, a popular sport. Uh, number four, the Williams sisters. I think they revolutionised tennis. They are—they're <laughs> just their strength and competitiveness and their longevity is incredible. Uh, three, Elise Perry, Max. Uh, for the reasons you said, I think you'll look back at her in years to come. She'll be one of the greats. Oh, absolutely. One of the, her, her not, stats just, there. not just female athletes either. Like, she's going to be. She's going to be. Yeah. 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 Um, number two, Kari Webb, um, 41 LPGA Tour events. Uh, she's in the LPGA Golf Hall of Fame, uh, an Aussie golfer again, probably before her time, yep. definitely. And uh, number one, Kathy Freeman. I think what she did at the Sydney Olympics was just phenomenal. Um, you look back on it now and it was, it was a freakish performance, but not better than if you YouTube that handicap race, I think it was... Oh, a, uh, the... Um, what are they called? The um, That uh, sprint race. The gift. Was yeah, it? the stall gift. Yeah, yeah. If you Google it, <clears throat> have a look at Kathy Freeman's stall, and she's off about 100 yep. metres, and she's looped the field, and as she's gone past the back marker, they've tried to push her over. <laughs> <laughs> the, the old hip and shoulder <laughs> yeah, comes out. Yeah, the old hip and, and shoulder comes out. But so, uh, yeah, Kathy on top for me. But, um, yeah, Olympics, plenty of gold. Yeah, absolutely. Another one is probably going to be in the list in... For coming times is Ariane Tipness as well, but you know, obviously the female athletes are just uh, putting the boys to shame at the moment. Certainly are. Now tonight's talking topic is, as we just bring it up here, Maxi. Yeah, obviously after Fab's Cowboys win on the weekend, uh, talking about Grand Bush Gallopers. Now, unfortunately, I can't even pull up any real stats at the moment. My racing Australia is actually down, but. There's plenty of old bush grand gallopers that got around, and you probably don't see as many of them anymore. But and Fabs is probably the the last of a, of, of I wouldn't call it a dying breed, but he's the last of the you know the real grand gallopers, isn't he? Yeah, the ones that get out to that hundred starts, and don't worry about the wins. You just don't see that that many horses getting out to that. Um Many starts, and Brooke, in your time, you've been around the, the West for a long time. Um, what are some of the, the horses that come to mind for you? Um, I actually picked a local horse out of Todd Austin's stable. Um, he's from a while ago, actually, I believe. He might have retired in 2006, if my memory's right. But he had 106 starts altogether. A few of those were before Todd and Tony. Um but 22 wins in total and 35 placings. And 18 of his wins were with Todd um, when he went to Todd's stables out in our Central West region. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty handy horse. And he's one that's spoken about at the stables often. And I think um, he's the type of horse Todd would like to come across again. And he had FEL and a few horses like that. And unfortunately, their careers ended a little earlier than they would have liked. But um, yeah, Secrets is who I went with. Oh, Secrets. I remember Secrets. Yeah, yeah, used to go around uh, quite regularly. Um, mine is probably, it's from the Central West as well, just being a bit biased, and I don't mean to 
be biased to our area, but uh, one that came to mind when I first came to town was Equitant, uh, yep. Richard Simpson's horse. Brooke, oh, yeah. I think he probably had about 140 starts or something like that. Uh, he won a might have won Birdsville Cup. He might have won two. I'm not too sure, but. Um, just when you thought he was over, the old master, Richard, would get another <laughs> win out of him. And uh, he was always so, so competitive um, throughout. And that was in the late 2000s, I think, maybe early 2010s. But, uh, yeah, Equitant for Richard Simpson was my one, Maxie. And over the years, I suppose, probably a bit past our generation is Miss Petty. Yeah. Um, you hear a lot about uh, Miss Petty sure, uh, around, don't you, Brooke? Yeah, you certainly do. And... I think I found this um, topic a little bit hard, to be honest, because I think with country racing, there's not um, much information to fall back on if you're going to research or anything. So unless it was during my time or, say, like your time or, or Max's, it's really hard to find one of those really good, consistent old country horses. Oh, absolutely. And I know Rodney Hay chimed in um, over the weekend and, Spoke of Stormbreaker, you know, he used to get around um, in the 70s to 80s there. He had retired with, with 54 wins, um, trained by the late Taroom trainer Bill Coggle. Um, heap of those wins by, were by David Rewald. So, you know, he raced all the way from three until 12. And obviously there, there was all, so many of them in the past that got around for quite a long time. Brooke, uh, Tambo or Caulfield this weekend? Um, heading to Tambo for a full book. I've got... Three for my father, Brendan Richardson, and a few for Benny Waldron. So that'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to Jerry Zander. Oh, are you? Mm. I'm not saying much. No, I don't expect you to. (laughs) 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 Thanks for your time tonight, Brooke. Um, We'll go to a break and come back with Tanya Parry. Thank you. Back with this evening's Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast. And uh, there were plenty of uh, highlights uh, across Queensland on the weekend, as we discussed in the first part of the show, Maxie. But uh, certainly one of the highlights was four winners for Tanya Parry up there at Julia Creek Saturday, a hometown uh, grand final, you might say, and three winners to Terry Hill. Yeah, and I think... It was almost an unassailable lead in in the country premiership, but I think, uh, as you said, the grand final at the home track has more than certainly uh, put a rubber stamp on the win for the country premiership, and we're lucky enough to have Tanya Parry on the line after the huge weekend. Tanya, how are you going? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for your time, Tanya. And um, look, looking back on the, the season 2020-2021, you've had a fantastic uh, year churning out plenty of winners. Yeah, it has been a good year. Now, uh, looking at your winners on the day, uh, Love's Best Hope, uh, Quinella for you in in the first, and then uh, down to race three. Now, he's an old Marvel wicked wiki, isn't he? And uh, that was notching up win, just as my screen updates, win 18, he's been a ripper for the stable. Oh, he's a terrific old horse. Um, he he actually, he really loves Mount Isa track, but, um, yeah, he's, he's been a great old horse. I think he's had 18 wins. And, uh, look, you, you don't often see um, horses getting out to that 85 starts. What's the, what's the key to him? He's a rising nine-year-old. Oh, no. He, well, he's, he's uh, well, a lovely. He's a sound horse. He's good. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he is turning nine. I forgot about that. I've had him for about five years now. <laughs> Another great horse for the stables being back her, the Lord Derby winner for last year. Uh, he went around a bolt as odds. I think I called him at McKinlay. The run wasn't too bad. and He's just taken a little bit while, uh, a little while to get going, this prep. Um, 
he's the horse that, um, oh, because I have no track work riders and, and they don't get a, ga- a gallop, um, if he's had a week or two weeks off, you know that first start back is going to be a little bit ordinary and yeah. um, he's better with his starts, in a, you know, a few starts in a row, which he surprised me last week at Newland and he actually ran a good ra- race in a benchmark 60 and then they brought him out um, last week here at Julia Creek and I think he was at 20. Yeah, I mean, I don't punt, but... Yeah, I know my sister had $20 on him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Quinella, the final race of the day as well with um, Rich Princess and Far Far. Uh, Rich Princess, um, only relatively new to the stable, but uh, got the second win on the board already. Yeah, yeah, she's a, she's a good little mare. Um, she, you're a bit hard to ride. You've got to keep her up there. If, um, you stop riding her, she'll turn off pretty quick. Where Far Far's the opposite... Um, <laughs> Yeah, Terry come back and he said to me, get the blinkers off her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whenever I go calling up in the northwest, I, I scan the nominations think, how do you do it, Tanya? I mean, um, three or something in a race often. Um, how do you keep track of your horses? I know it's just you and, and a small team up there. Oh, that's what someone said to us the other day. How do you know them? Oh, well... I'm lucky, Talia and I do, but <laughs> if I get Casey helps us, he doesn't really know. Now, and obviously we've mentioned at the, the, the top of the interview here that uh, you, you've cemented that spot there at the top of the Premiership um, for the 2020-21 season, um, heading into the final weekend, 14-point um, 14, 14 lead on, on Billy Johnson. And looking back, it, it certainly means that, you know, all that hard work they've been putting in for years with that big stable, those early mornings and uh, the afternoons, it certainly pays off when you, when you put it into that perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Now, uh, off uh, there's one horse that we didn't see at Julia Creek, and um, he did win last start. It was Craig Lee Altona. Uh, he looks like he's in for a pretty good preparation. Yeah, it's only, yeah, he goes good, and it was a good win at Yewenden. Um I actually planned. I thought he didn't think he'd. I thought Farfar would win at Yewenden, but he got up and won, which which was good. And um, he'll go to Caulfield next week. And obviously, you've got some great supporters there in the Gray family that supply you a lot of the horses. Yeah. I've, Peter Gray, he's really good. Um, he sends me horses all the time, and um, which is good, and he rehomes horses for me, which makes it really good. Yep. And I know we spoke about Wicked Wickies. I've obviously been in the stable for a long time as the, as the rising nine-year-old now, but another old fella in the stable who, who just keeps on uh, putting in is Charlie Cat. Now, he's going to be a rising 11-year-old. He, he's certainly um, you know putting in the miles this year. Yeah, Charlie. Well, he was late to start back this year because I... I started him back a bit later, so he's a bit fresher. I was half thinking about going to Birdsville. I don't know whether I will, but, um, yep. yeah, and he's just coming up. I was a bit disappointed he's run at Ewenden, but it, um, coming off that start at Stamford, um, the track was pretty hard, and he might have jarred up a bit, being a bit old. Now, uh, all roads lead to the real Caulfield Cup uh, this week. Caulfield were there once a year meeting. That's uh, You'll be heading that way? Yeah, heading to Caulfield, yep. Good stuff. Uh, well, Tanya Perry, big congratulations on uh, not only Julia Creek on the weekend, providing four of the five winners, but the outstanding year you've had in 2020. 2021, thanks for your time this evening. Right. Thank you very much. Yeah, there's Tanya Parry there. Maxie, um, she's done a done a fantastic job. and I know she's got a lot of numbers there, but she's still churning out the winners at a, at a reasonable strike rate. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, it, it's like you said, it can... Most people can say, oh, you know, you've got the numbers there, but you've still got to be able to get those wins on the board. And, um, you know, like she said, she does have to do it the hard way without a track work rider, which I think means, um, you know, it's, it's all even the better that they get all those wins. Caulfield.
Gundawindi, Middlemount, Tambo and Wandai this weekend. Uh, Maxi. oh, there's no rest, is there, at this time of year? Oh, absolutely not. Some terrific meetings coming up this weekend. Uh, that's uh, the end of the Greater Western Queensland Racing News podcast for this evening, Tuesday the 27th of July. Max Tanks, Andrew Watts, signing out. Thanks to Tanya Parry and Brooke Richardson for their contributions. All of this best this weekend, uh, wherever you're racing, and we'll catch you again next Tuesday night. 